trainers, and welcome to episode 6 of Soundproof, a competitive Pokemon podcast that is this week, as always, brought to you by Brendan Lewis and Jake Muller, or better known on the internet as Mr. B-Dog 46 and Major Bowman, respectively. And honestly, it's a small miracle that we were able to find the time to bring you this episode uh, because we've both been uh, completely consumed by Pokemon Masters since its release. I've spent way too many hours re-rolling for Karen to not play this game extensively. <laughs> so I will tell you that if I ever have free time, I'm probably playing Masters to take advantage of all that time I burned on this <laughs> dumb game. Well, at least at this point, you've only burned hours and not money. <laughs> That's true. I haven't spent any money, asterisk, because Yet. I know I will eventually. <laughs> Yet. Yet. But I have... I've held strong so far, and I'm trying to see how long I can make it. It's like you're saving up your self-bestowed brownie points until you have <laughs> exactly. enough to spend money on the game. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was good today. I can, I'll can. i add another dollar or two to my uh, imaginary been, master's fund. You've been fund. strong for a couple days. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead and get some gems? Why don't you go I made lunch today. Gems? I didn't spend that money, so I can funnel it into <laughs> exactly. a mobile a, game that I'll never get any fulfillment today. out of. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to avoid continuing to talk about that for <laughs> as long as Pokemon Masters stays out of the VGC uh, format. But if it ever does make its way in there or we get, you know, a cool we're invitational we are at ready. Worlds, we are going to speak about it. <laughs> we're going to. <laughs> what, if they, what if they did a Masters Invitational next year instead of Pogo? We're going <laughs> to speak about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if you want to talk to us about that on Twitter or some other forums, we'd be happy to do that. But for now, this will remain uh, a podcast that is dedicated to the Ultra Series of the VGC 2019 format. Uh, we've got a couple more months of that, and we are kind of forging forward into our post-Worlds meta, which we were really excited about uh, heading into as we discussed on Episode 5. So we have kind of our first uh, set of event results that are not necessarily trickling in. There were a pretty good amount of... Uh, events that took place this past weekend, but we only managed mm. to get teams for a handful of them uh, thanks to the diligence of uh, the retweet button of Zach Carlson <laughs> um, and whoever managed to, you know, submit some sort of a screenshot or team list to him. So uh, shout out to all of you guys who are able to, you know, give us teams that we can talk about. Um, so we'll jump into that as well as the latter in just a minute. And then finally, at the end of our episode, we are coming back to you with our regular uh, guest episode, and we will be joined by Blake Hopper later this episode Ooh. to have uh, a little bit more of a discussion about post-Worlds metas as a whole. And uh, briefly, before we go on, we did kind of select him um, because we were looking at kind of, you know, the list of past, like, post-World meta regional winners and people that have had success in post-Worlds metas, and uh, Blake is a good friend of Jake's and uh, one of well, the... I don't, I, let's not go that far. Uh, okay, well, you we can have that conversation acquaintances <laughs> geographically. <laughs> anyway, uh, he is a has, you know, a successful run of... Uh, six, a successful run of success. Good God. Get you me off. A... Get me <laughs> off, Mr. Bones Wild Ride. Anyway, um, and is kind of most known for, uh, in post-Worlds meta, at least that Scarf Rotom team, which is kind of like a, mm -hmm. a fresher take on some of those Kangaskhan teams that were running around at the time. But anyway... Um, before we go into results and then into uh, the Blake segment, we are going to continue with our dash number number Pokemon roster build out type thing here. Is this course, really what we're calling it? Yes, that's that's its name. Uh, don't oh, ask me no. to repeat it because I forgot already. <laughs> but anyway, we're on dash 06 this week, and I think we have like a pretty like cool and diverse roster of Pokemon. Not that they're not always going to be like that, but there's some cool ones here. Um, of course, number 006 should be identifiable to any Pokemon fan is, of course, Charizard. Charizard. He's a pretty fun mascot Charizard. for the game. 
He's fun to use with like either of his mega forms. They're both pretty fun Pokemon. Charizard. I I enjoy Charizard. He's a cool guy. Charizard. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, kind of like a like one of the only one of the few I would say like mascots for the game that isn't like a mouse. You know, like <laughs> the Pokemon Pokemon <laughs> likes like you know Clefairy and Eevee and Pikachu and all those cute little things that are yeah. endearing, but like Charizard They're kind like of appeals to like you know the more edgy. Uh, you know, Pokemon True. fans as far as a mascot. And uh, Charizard, like, just recently was able to, like, get itself, uh, relatively recently, into, like, competitive relevance after being bad since it was released, basically. Like, it, right. w- it wasn't even good in, like, Gen... It's not even good in Gen 1 OU. It's not no, useful not there. even close. <laughs> but it finally got two Mega Forms, one of which is better than the other, of course. And it was right, able X. to finally... Um, uh, we're gonna ignore that. <laughs> uh, is finally able to kind of get its moment in the sun. Moment in the sun. Moment in the sun. Move on. Jake, it's moment in the sun. No, <laughs> go forward next. Number one oh six is another Gen one Pokemon. Is Hitmonlee. Um, kind of an interesting designed Pokemon and. Uh, one of the interesting things I actually found out recently, and this is one of those things that I feel like a lot of people knew, and I'm pretty sure I was shamed for finding this out this recently. It was kind of <laughs> like how I recently found out that like uh, Articuno and Zapdos and Moltres have like the Spanish numbers in their name. Brendan. Anyway, Hitmonlee Brendan. and Hitmonchan are named for Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. Oh. Oh, so okay. you're just finding that out, too. No, I knew oh, that. Okay, well, at least I it's not that. just me. You can join in my Okay, but did you, know that, did you know that Dinos, Wireless, and Hydreigon have the German words for 1, 2, and 3 in their names? I don't even know what the German words for 1, 2, and 3 Eins are. Eins dry. So, oh, I had no idea. I just, you yeah, know, I honestly had no idea. And to be I fair... Had, I had to end up on top there. I couldn't let you just pummel me into the ground with that one. I actually I, did not know the Jackie Chan in it. Bruce when I first one. started That's playing really cool. Gen 1, I didn't know Spanish, so... I'm fluent. Are you really? No. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> wow, I didn't even know that. Okay. Anyway, 206 uh, is our first and only Gen 2 Pokemon of the week, and I think usually we'll only have one Gen 2 Pokemon, because there are, what, like 101 of them? There, I think there's like 100 exactly. There are 102. Yeah, maybe 101. Something like that. Anyway, we'll almost always only have one. I think maybe 51. No, no, no. Gonna... Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll do some math. Anyway, 206 is Dunsparce, uh, which is kind of an interesting Pokemon in the sense that it's very unique, but also kind of bad. Like, it doesn't really have yeah. the stats. It was one of those Pokemon, kind of like Farfetch'd, that's been begging for an evolution for years and has never got one. Um, I always, whenever I was playing through Gen 2 games, like Gold and Silver, I would always go catch one in Dark Cave. It had, like, a really low spawn rate. Yeah, yeah. But I would I always make sure that, I yep. caught one just for funsies, and I would carry it around for a while. Oh my god, me too. It's then... like a mascot. Yeah, I would just do nothing with it, but it would just be sitting there. And it's like one of those time. one of those things that you like throw out so you can use a revive on one of your other Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's or Dunsparce, and it's like uh <laughs> like one of the Serene Grace Pokemon too, which is kind of interesting. Oh yeah, it gets all the yeah. flinching moves, and yeah. um, I remember like its competitive set. I think for a while it had one of those like joke write ups on Smogon. Yeah, like it does. Love disc, but it like coils so that you don't miss your rock slides, and then you just switch <laughs> everything. <laughs> right. Anyway, there are some really funny ones on Smogon. The like, love, love disc, disc one is, one is the one I always think about. Yeah. Yeah. Unknown has a pretty funny one too. I think Watchog does as well. Oh, maybe. We're gonna change the name of this to Watchog Cast. No. 
You won't, okay, you can't out. just blast Watchog in the last episode Watch and Hog call sucks. it the reason for Dexit and then rename it to Watchog Cast. That's not how this works. The, I mean, I you just, can't just flip. It's just not, like, I mean, you basically did. When we started this podcast, if you had told me I'd be talking about Watchog two weeks in a row, I wouldn't have believed. <laughs> that's the well, here we are. <laughs> anyway, 306, uh, the first and only Gen 3 Pokemon of the week is... Wait, is Badoo Gen 3? No, it's 4. That's what I thought. Is Agron, um, which is... Like, a pretty cool Pokemon. Um, I think it has, like, literally one instance of competitive relevance in VGC. <laughs> and it's one of the Pokemon quite the opposite of Charizard that didn't really get anything out of its Mega. <laughs> yeah. I think Ashton used it at Worlds in 2014. Mm-hmm. Or either Worlds or, like, some other large tournament. Yeah, some but... major event, right? Yeah. It's a cool Pokemon, though. I usually like to pick one up in, like, Gen 3 playthroughs just because it's, like, really fat and evolves kind of late but it's worth it once you get there because it's really strong too yeah it is yeah kind of a cool pokemon it's funny because i feel like the mega like almost detracted from it by just taking away uh, yeah. its like stab rock moves right <laughs> uh anyway number 406 is badoo which obviously no competitive relevance it's kind of cute <laughs> it's shiny was recently released at go <laughs> yeah it's been out for like a year or so but it is well the only pokemon that i have hatched a shiny version of i've hatched two of them but nothing else. Oh, that's actually a lie. I have a shiny Shinx. I hatched a shiny Shinx. Oh, you lied, so, Jake. I know. I did I, lie. I think my recent... And I feel dirty like about it. a recently released shiny when I stopped playing, so that's probably why my Well, yeah, when did you stop playing? <laughs> probably a year ago. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. I know I got it in January, so... Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Anyway, 506 is Lillipup, which is a cute Pokemon. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's one of those Pokemon where... Like, I like to picture board meetings, Jake, where they're like, okay, we're designing this Pokemon. It needs to be a dog, and it needs to be really cute. And they're like, okay. I mean, like, if you're going for cute dog, let's I design guess cute dog. is a decent design. And I yeah. just feel like it's not, like, it's like they tried a little too hard and sort of missed the mark a little bit. Right. It's like, okay, here's this dog, and like, what if it just had a lot of hair on its face? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just a Yorkie for the most part. Yeah, that needs a trim. It, yes, badly. Yeah. Most of them do, though. Anyway, 606 is Behem, and uh, Jake, you'd like to make a public service announcement as it pertains to our discussion about LGM last week? Yeah, so, you know, sometimes people that are perfect make small, <laughs> tiny mistakes, <laughs> and that happens to be what happened last week. So I said that LGM and Behem learn Steel Wing because it's TM51 in Gen 5, mm-hmm. and that's not correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ally Switch is TM51 in Gen 5, and they were one of the first Pokemon to get Ally Switch from that TM. There were like two or three that could learn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Gen 6, they removed Ally Switch as a TM, and TM51 became Steel Wing. And so then they learned Steel Wing from a Gen 6 TM51, and people theorized that they left it at 51, or they left it compatible with 51 because of Area 51 and Aliens. And okay, so it's like the same idea. Yeah, I was just like... So half. I was half wrong. The Area 51 thing still stands. That's the interesting right, exactly. piece about the factoid. You have anyway. to wonder if they made Ally Switch TM51 on purpose for that reason. Cause it, like, Were they like they probably, the signature users of Ally Switch originally? I'm pretty sure. It was oh, like okay. them and like Gardevoir yeah. and Cofagrigus. I think oh. those are the three, maybe one or two more. Interesting. I am not yeah. up on my Gen Five knowledge, so I honestly. <laughs> I'd only I remember Kafagrigus because in in 2015 when Zach and I both cut Missouri, 
uh, with like pretty much the same team. Uh-huh. He had to face Ali Switch Kafka. Oh my god, that's terrifying for Metagross. Me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not fun. <laughs> yeah, he beat it, but I think he just like did he hex it out? Closed his eyes and clicked buttons <laughs> and happened to win. <laughs> anyway, seven oh six is Gudra, which is uh, probably the worst competitively of all the pseudo legendaries, but was yeah, you know sadly. seen a little bit. It's like a like a strong rain counter and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it had a it had a place in like right. twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen. Right. Uh, it showed up on like a few teams. I had this local that used to bring Gudra to everything. He would do this thing where he would like like he did it with um with uh like Sekium's team in twenty seventeen, the one that he took to EUIC. Or, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where he just like swapped out Gastrodon for Gudra and like brought that to every <laughs> every tournament <laughs> of the season. So I do know Gudra won the Anaheim Open because I would have played him in top four if I. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. he did beat Alberto in the final, so right. I guess I did something. Yeah, it has a result. And finally, yeah. eight oh six is Blusephalon, one of the more recently uh, introduced Ultra Beasts. And one thing about Blusephalon is, if it had like three points more speed, it would be good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I routinely forget Blusephalon exists, and so. I don't was, really have a whole lot to say about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was kind of close. It's like a cool design, I think, and even competitively, it's kind of neat. It just like like it's slower and can be knocked out by knockoff Kartana. Like like it's a it's a right. fire type that can't check Kartana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna do it for that's this segment, and of course, in our next episode, we will continue on as we go through basically the entire Pokedex indefinitely. Um, with number seven next week. So look forward to that if you like a little bit of a break from competitive content. But if you do like a little bit of a break from competitive content, maybe this podcast is not for you. <laughs> but this podcast is for everyone. Sure it is. Don't you dare <laughs> turn this podcast off. We're an all-inclusive I'm watching podcast. You. Anyway, we're going to run through the ladder this week. We have collected uh, 20 teams as people start to test out stuff in the post-worlds meta. And you are going to see a bunch of teams that look uh, either extremely familiar or at least a little bit familiar to some of the things Mm -hmm. that showed up at worlds as people start to like you know kind of take these teams and put a spin on them um and make them their own and there are kind of some interesting pokemon and interesting kind of like theories that people approached uh to their team building this week but anyway we'll jump right into it and at two on the ladder this week is lunala rayquaza tapu fini incineroar crobat and chansey (laughs) (laughs) i really i actually don't hate chansey with lunala because uh-huh. one of the worst things about Lunala is Lunala mirrors, but Chansey is like a hard wall to Lunala. Like it's immune to Moongeist. It'll take. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess Slayshock hits the weaker physical side, but still, it won't do a whole lot. And if you have like two switch-ins to opposing Moongeist or MMM or whatever, and, as this guy does with Incineroar and Chansey, you get to that play makes playing either. Lunala mirrors a lot easier. And Chansey is also kind of like any Veltal check. If it's running, I mean, yeah, if, if it's not like, toxic, Z- soft-boiled. Well, if it's not ZE Veltal, like it, foul play is not going to do any damage to you. No, zero. Yeah. Yeah, so you can beat it with just seismic toss, probably. Right. And I mean, and and soft-boiled in the same sense that Umbreon could, I guess. Chansey, mm-hmm. Chansey is basically Umbreon, is what I'm saying. They're the same Pokemon. Um, they at, serve similar roles. No, they're the same Pokemon, Jake. Same oh, okay. Pokemon. Anyway, sure. at number three on the ladder, I believe this is actually the team that Ashton won a midseason with over the weekend, is Groudon, Eveltal, uh, oh, okay. Gengar, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, Lander, Asterion. And as I recall, it has a pretty strong Parish mode. Yeah, I mean, anything with like Gengar, Incineroar, Landorus at this point 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you have like Gengar, Coco, and Sin, Landorus, so we have Gengar and three pivot minds. Mm-hmm. So that's a strong parish mode. And then, like, obviously, Groudon and Evil Tall are still Groudon and Evil Tall. Yeah, so. I actually kind of like that team. I've been like theorying Groudon and Evil Tall pretty hard. Please don't counter team me at Atlantic City. Um, <laughs> but, like, I. This is like something like a six that I might have stumbled upon, like or put in my builder at some point. It's like pretty mm-hmm. pretty standard for uh, Groudon Evil Tall, in my opinion. Um, at number four, Lunala Kyogre makes its first and maybe only appearance. I don't know. There's another one uh, <laughs> alongside Tapu Koko, Tapu Lele, Lucario, and Rabombi. Rabombi. Rabombi is an interesting Pokemon that people have theoried a lot and has yeah. never really had a real finish. It does like no. it has it does like Tailwind and like can't be faked out and Pollen Puff is kind of cool. Like it does all these things but it just like still just like dies. Yeah, I mean it's another one of those like and it's a third It's similar to Tornadus where it's like a Tailwind skill swap. Yeah. Be annoying mon. You do what you like, can. Yeah. Wait, it it, it kind of makes swap? sense on this team because yeah, it gets skill swap. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> it, skill swap shield dust was something I theoried in 2016 with Venomoth, and then put it down well, when I found out that you couldn't take a fake like like if you had Kyogre Venomoth on the field, right? You can't take a fake out with Kyogre and then skill swap shield dust and not flinch. Uh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, the the turner like it makes sense, but I was Although like, I oh, would... what if the game was just broken and this ha- this because like, <laughs> it, it wouldn't shock me if it worked like that, right? I would save your Venomoth talk for about seven or eight teams down the line. Ooh, Ooh another uh, another moth. Uh, at number five <laughs> on the ladder is Necrozma Dust Dawn Dawn Wings NDW, uh, Groudon Salamence Tapulele Stakataka and Lyperd. This is just Tommy's Sizebam team with a Lyperd instead of Smeargle, and I would personally consider this a direct. Downgrade. <laughs> it's like if it's like if you took Umbreon and Smeargle and smashed them together into one Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know if Lyperd is anything like Umbreon, other than the fact that it is a Dark type. They're both Dark type, and they that both, is what I said. They both learned foul play. They both have four legs, and they snarl. They both have tails. Oh uh, at number true. ten on the ladder <laughs> is uh, the first Rayogre of the week that features uh, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, Kartana, and Nihiligo. Pretty sure that's just the Poke Alex team, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So we know what that does. I think that's actually on the ladder or on the ladder this week, like one or two times, three times maybe, if I remember correctly. That's quite possible. But anyway, at eleven on the ladder is the first Groudon Xerneas that features Metagross, Gengar, Incineroar, and Crobat. So people finally maybe starting to try some different things here uh, on Groudon Xerneas teams. This could be double Mega. It could be like Z Ghost or Z Poison Gengar. Like you could do some cool things. I guess it could be. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I assumed double mega at first, but I hadn't really considered that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gengar Crobat is like... kind of like, like just like a you can, you throw them at Xerneas. Right. I mean, yeah, this is like Groudon Xerneas, but with like three hard Xerneas checks, and so probably not losing that mirror anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's like not really. I don't know. I guess it's kind of a weird mirror, but you don't lose to Xerneas by itself. Like you use to the Groudon right. in that mirror more than anything. Uh, Absolutely, anyway, yeah. At 12 on the ladder is another Groudon Xerneas that is featuring Salamence, Tapu Koko, Incineroar, and Shedinja, otherwise known as Standard Groudon Xerneas right now. I, nice. I, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> this is the six that can yeah. cut worlds with. And yeah. It's like very similar to Melvin's if you change one Pokemon too. So. Yeah, just without the soak. Yeah. 
um, at 14 on the ladder. Another Lunala Kyogre, which shows up on the ladder far more than it shows up in live events, yeah. uh, that features Salamence, Tapu Fini, Incineroar, and Stack Attacka. And I hope that these this person was watching the World's Finals and has some Eveltal techs on their team. <laughs> yeah. Please I listen feel like to Jake and Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> we already told you we were right. Yeah, I, mean, I think like Salamence, Fini, Incineroar, Stack Attacka just goes with pretty much any restricted pair that doesn't have a Rayquaza on it. Yeah. So, like, you really you can't go wrong at that point. <laughs> yeah, I think it seems fine. Yeah. At 15 on the ladder is the uh, long-awaited for the last two to three minutes Venomoth team that Jake <laughs> alluded to that has Rayquaza, Kyogre, Metacham, Celesteela, Mimikyu, and Venomoth. There's and, just a lot going like, on here. okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Venomoth, like we were saying, it's just another, like, it has Tailwind, it has Skill Swap. I mean, you could, like, Sleep Powder if you want. You could have Sludge Bomb for Zern. I don't really know what else it's doing, but... It's, like, worst it's there. It's, like, yeah. worst Tornadus. Yeah, no, I agree. Anyways, at 17 on the ladder is another Groudon Xerneas that features Salamence, Tapu Fini, Incineroar, and Kartana. And I'm pretty sure this is, like, kind of a standard composition, too. Kartana got teched on, like, around worlds to, to mm -hmm. this sort of composition. Yeah. At... 19 on 19. the ladder is uh, Xerneas, Kyogre, Incineroar, Tornadus, Amoongus, Kartana. Literally just James Beck's team. Yep, that's it. Literally just James Beck's team. There it is. He released team. his team report this last week, so it, it probably is literally just his pace. <laughs> yeah, that's cool content. Cool content. Yeah. Um, at number 20 is Kyogre, Eveltal, Mawile. Uh, I guess there were two Tapus in this slot in the replays, Jake. Yeah, he. And Lele. This, there was some Feeny and some Lele in the same slot. And then Kartana and Gothatel to round it round it out. So, you know, Gothmaw cool pairing uh, in a restricted format. Mm. Meh. Meh. Maybe, mm. Meh. maybe not. Maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I not mean, so much. I feel like Mawile and Goth both struggle to hold up against restricted, Restricteds, like in any yeah. sort of capacity. Maybe. So, Mawile a little bit of a risk. Mawile like folds to boosted Xerneas. <laughs> it folds to like anything. <laughs> it takes absolutely nothing switching in as a non-mega. Yeah. <laughs> it just dies. At 22 on the ladder this week, uh, Rayquaza, Kyogre, Incineroar, Tornadus, Ferrothorn, Bisharp. So you're like, oh, it's the Beck team. Oh, it's not the Beck team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like the double Cursed Steel type team. Ferrothorn and Bisharp both have like bad reputations as, oh, why are you using this Pokemon? And mm -hmm. this guy just said, hey down with that stereotype i'm just gonna throw them both on here and see what yeah. works <laughs> maybe they're both it's bad to have one of them on your team but true to have both of them two negatives does equal a positive in this case that guy can only hope at <laughs> 23 on the ladder is i believe this is meek and rattles team yeah Veltal, kyogre metagross tapu coco incineroar amoongus so a team i've actually been meaning to try that i just think eveltal groudon is stronger than eveltal kyogre <laughs> um I don't really have a good reason for thinking that. I just yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like her team. Top eight with Worlds is no small feat, so yeah, certainly like something worth fighting. Um, at 24 on the ladder, another Rayogre featuring Tapu Fini, Incineroar, Ferrothorn, and Togedomaru. Uh, this is similar to the team that uh, Jeremy Odena won uh, to win the boss. Damn it, I did it. The DC <laughs> Open, uh, but it has a Ferrothorn over a Bronzong, which feels like a direct downgrade. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point, 
We have had enough uh, anti-Ferrothorn rhetoric in this podcast. That okay, that's good. We our, can just uh, move on then. That's our opinions fine. are pretty clear. It's just implied at this time. <laughs> right. Uh, at 25 on the ladder is the first and only Groudon Rayquaza of the week that features Tapufini, Incineroar, Celesteela, and Zapdos. And Zapdos, one of those Pokemon, kind of like Gothitelle and Mawile, that is kind of nice in theory, but just like takes mm-hmm. a lot more damage from Restricteds that you wanted to. Yeah, Zapdos kind of makes its money on being able to take hits and like set Tailwind and Roost and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. it's really hard for it to do that in restricted metas just because things right. are doing way more uh, way more damage. Yeah, you can't switch into like an eruption or a water spell no. or anything like that. So yeah. tough to do that, especially when y- you would like Zapdos to be a Groudon switch in because obviously it ignores P Blades, but it will take a lot of damage from eruption. Mm-hmm. Um, at 26 on the ladder is Gavin Michaels on his main, running his world's team with uh, Groudon, Lunala, Tapufini, Incineroar, Snorlax, and Jumpluff. Uh, but the first thing I thought of when I saw this team is that meme of the guy like looking at the butterfly and saying, is this a whatever? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what the exact wording in the original is, but <laughs> I'm picturing like Gavin like pointing at Jumpluff and saying, is this an Evil Tom matchup? <laughs> it sure is, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> if you get good sleep turns, it sure is. <laughs> All you needed to do is be asleep so you can hit it with four attacks to knock it out. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I think at the very least it's it's like better than the like the previous version without the Evil Tom, like the, the Finny stack attacker version. I think this uh-huh. is like at least better than that but not as good as the version that won Worlds. Yeah, probably not. If that makes sense. Anyway, right. at 30 on the ladder this week, another Rayogre featuring Tapufini, Incineroar, Nihiligo, and Kartana, which is similar to the Pokealix team, but I think that had Coke over Feeny. Yeah, I think that's the only difference. Okay. Um, at 31 on the ladder is uh, the only X-Ray on the ladder um, this nope. week, which is kind of interesting because it had good results in a lot of the bigger, like the post- like the live post worlds events. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's a freaking one right below. <laughs> it. Uh, anyway, this team is Tapufini and Cinnaroar, Kartana and Crobat alongside X-Ray. And then at 32, rounding out our top 20 available teams for the week is X-Ray with Tapu Koko and Cinnaroar, Amoongus, and Lander Astherian, which is basically the Pato team, except it has Landorus instead of Nihiligo and then Coco instead of Fini. But like same same kind of idea. Yeah, no, I mean they're both just. Kind and that's of... like the this is like the John Paul Lopez Buiza team, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we got to thirty-two teams this time instead of like fifty the last couple of weeks. So I guess yeah. people are a little bit less uh, scared to show off what they have after Worlds, which makes a little bit of sense. But yeah, yeah kind of an interesting look. There hasn't really been a big change since Worlds yet, which kind of makes sense because uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of things that did well at Worlds that we weren't really expecting to, other right. than maybe one or two teams and. Everyone just kind of been riding the same teams until uh, some of the regionals coming up in the next few months. Yeah, so kind of like some interesting tech mons, but that could have just been, you know, like people like, well, let's try this in this slot or you right. know, any, any number of... Either that or, you know, maybe we're on the forefront of the meta here. We kind of like <laughs> called Lunala Rayquaza, so that's cool. Not that, right. not, not that we like called it, but we observed it. We, we definitely we saw observed it. First. it. <laughs> we saw it first. We saw dibs. <laughs> All credit. 
Um, anyway, so that's it for the ladder, and we're going to touch on some of the live results in the post-Worlds yeah. meta, which is kind of exciting. I feel like we've been like pitching our whole podcast on, like, we're going to bring you guys results, and we haven't right. really had anything <laughs> to do for the entirety of the summer. Just there wait, any they're coming, events. I promise. But guess what? Here they are. Woo! Um, so we've got five events. Uh, two of them are regional-level events with the Melbourne Open and the DC Open. We have an MSS and two PCs. So we'll start Yay. with the PC, go from the bottom to the top as far as CP goes. And uh, the first event that we're going to talk about this week was the first uh, PC in New York City, which is cool. It's actually like in Rockefeller Center, and yeah, it was I run by uh, P Dons, which is mm-hmm. awesome. He's uh, somebody who's been in the day two race for the last couple of years, and he's taking a step back to do some uh, tournament organizing, which is really neat. And as I recall, I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but it was like well attended, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ricardo Guerra was able to run away with first place. He was using uh, an X-ray team, like Brennan just said. I actually had some pretty decent results uh, this past weekend. But it was Xerneas Rayquaza, Landers T, Taipofini, Incineroar, and Amoongus. So mm-hmm. kind of just a different take on like the Pato style of X-ray. Yeah. Um, at, and then second place was Chup Cross, who was running the Poke Alex team. Um, so it's like a lot of just kind of like team recycle here. Nothing yet mm-hmm. to see. Uh, Angel Miranda in third place was running the team uh, that I was told was built by Ragov and was run by um, uh, Justin, Justin Burns, Burns and, and Underhill. Uh, Alex Underhill at Worlds, yeah. which was the... Um, oh, that's a Solgaleo, Rayquaza, <laughs> uh, Tapufini... Uh, old Persian Incineroar and Snorlax. So, yeah. like, a, like a cool team, and apparently is doing well in post-Worlds meta, so that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. At number four was the Worlds winning team. Of course, we don't really know how much weight to assign it, because we don't know what techs are on there, but if it has the Z moves, <laughs> it has my approval. If not, right. please put it away. Uh, but that is Groudon, Lunala, uh, Salamence, Incineroar, Stakateka, and Tapufini. And then uh, the last four people here were all in top eight the first of which is paul chua who is basically running ken's exact team that is the groudon xerneas salamence tapu coco incineroar and shedinja not really mm-hmm. a whole lot to see there and then uh this team is the one that i was thinking of that was kind of like uh like like standard groudon xerneas with the twist being kartana right um it's groudon xerneas salamence incineroar tapu fini and kartana and that was run by uh case and then the final two teams in top eight are colin hire who was running what i'm told was raiku's world's team but he mm-hmm. didn't attend is that what happened no he was there i thought oh he was there okay he, yeah but colin just took the team anyway the right. team is looks fine on paper it's crowd on xerneas uh kangaskhan tapu lele uh kartana and smeargle but apparently it has some like wild techs <laughs> Yeah, I've been hearing it was like min speed Tapu Lele with Z Psycho, or not Psycho, Z Ally Switch. Uh, oh, and then uh, Z Tailwind Kartana as well. And right. then like Lovely Kiss Smirkle. So uh, that's and kind it, of a classic did Ian you say team. Dragon he likes... on too? I didn't, but that I did hear that I as think well. That, I heard that it has that, yeah. which makes sense. It's just like you run Eruption Earth Power and Pulse instead of right. like Blades Punch and Claw. No, Ian likes teams that abuse uh, sleep a lot, and so. That's definitely a team I would expect from him. He likes putting stuff to sleep and clicking Geomancy. Like, mm-hmm. I <laughs> I added him as a friend on Pokemon Go, uh, like, a week or two ago, and his username is Geomancy Clicker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> and the final team in the top eight of this event uh, was Xerneas Lunala Lucario, 
Tapu Lele, and then Crobat and Smeargle. Smeargle. So a little bit different than the one that uh, won Senior NAIC, but kind of the same idea. Yeah, I think it's just like the same core four, I would say. Crobat, if I do all right, so there's our first event know. there, and we will move on here to the London slash Orpington PC. Mm-hmm. Um, as I pull that up on my screen. <laughs> yeah, the first All place right. team uh, was a combination of Xerneas and Necrozma Duskmane, presumably Ultra, because it is accompanied by Tapu Lele, Incineroar, Lopany, and Crobat. So that kind of yeah. screams Ultra to me. That's like wicked hyper offense. I'd be scared to yeah. sit down and play that. Oh, me too. Super scared. Um, second place here was a Xerneas Lunala team as people start to Rayquaza. experiment with different Xerneas Rayquaza Lunala team as people start <laughs> to experiment with like different takes on this archetype that was mm -hmm. kind of like popularized by uh, Aaron Trailer and Wolf at Worlds this year. Uh, this one has Tapu Fini, Incineroar, Togekiss, and Stack Attacka. So two fairy types definitely trying to cover the Veltal matchup, I think, there. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's a cool looking team. Yeah. I don't really see any glaring holes there. I'm fine with that. I think it looks neat. Yeah. Uh, Kang Torn, uh, third place with Amoongus as the final member. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> fourth place was Jamie Boyd, who was running. It looks like a little change on his world's team. So it yeah. does have the Necrozma, Duskmane, uh, Xerneas, Tepicoco, Salazzle, Salamence, which were all the same. But he swapped out his Breloom for a Bisharp. I'm actually surprised. I thought he was talking after Worlds and he was yeah, saying Yeah, he Breloom was talking about how good MVP. it was, right? Yeah. Huh. So... Possibly switching it out. I that. imagine it's probably low kick, because I, I think it has to be, right? was his entire stack attack and matchup. But <laughs> yeah, and he kind of needs some Incineroar help there too. Oh, that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe that was it. Maybe it's better against Incineroar, so that's why he brought it. Yeah. I don't know. Who don't knows what Jamie's knows. thinking? He doesn't think like anybody else. So. No. <laughs> um, and then the top eight teams here. Uh, from 5th through 8th. The first being uh, Kyogre, Evil Tall, Tapu Lele, Incineroar, Gengar, and Stack Attacka. Um, I think that's, that's the 6th that been James won Daytona with. Yeah, right? I was just going to say yeah. that. It's been around since Moon Series, I think. That was in like March or April. Yeah, a long time ago. Was that Sun Series or Moon Series? It was Ultra. Oh. Because it was Mecha Gengar. Oh, because there's a Gengar, yeah. yeah. Um, the 6th blade place team uh, is Groudon Eveltal with Tapu Koko, Incineroar, Metagross, um, and Mimikyu, which is the team that took uh, top four at Worlds. Yep. Um, seventh is uh, the Shedinja, Coco, Groudon, Xerneas. We've talked about that a little bit. And the eighth place team was uh, X-Ray with Tapu Fini, Incineroar, Serena, and Murkrow. Yeah, those are Pokemon. Those sure be some Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Serena and Murkrow both have like a niche in that they're annoying to face. Like Murkrow is like Priority Tailwind and Quash and Taunt Quash and annoying, Foul Play yeah. and all that stuff. So like I get it. I can't imagine it's super effective, but you know, it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's just like kind of niche support for a strong offensive restricted pairing. So I like mm -hmm. I don't I mean like I wouldn't use it, but it like it makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we'll move on to our only mid-season showdown of the week here, which was one that finished with top four teams in Mexico. Um, so the first team was, it looks like a take on that Ragov team that mm -hmm. was Rayquaza, Solgaleo, Incineroar, Tapu Fini, Snorlax, and then they use uh, an Amoongus instead of a Lolan Persian there, which I don't hate. I yeah, I don't either. A, I think it I makes think sense. That's fine. Yeah. It makes the trick room mode a little bit more scary. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if you have <laughs> Smeargle and Snorlax on the field under Trick Room, I mean, like, you're doing pretty well. Right. Um, the second team, uh, Kyogre Rayquaza with Celesteela, Whimsicott, Tapufini, and Incineroar. It's kind of like a combination of the various Rayogre yeah. Pokemons. Like, Celesteela was on one version, Whimsicott was on a different one. Right. It's kind we've, of smashing them all together. kind of idea, uh, that, that sort of, like, thing a lot. I'm pretty sure, um, Joppy, he was 17th at Worlds with, uh, Celesteela and Mimikyu, right? We that sounds like, right, yeah. We were kind of, like, trashing that when he saw it on the ladder, like, oh, good job, you smashed <laughs> together, and then he took it to, like, top cut at Worlds, so. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the final two teams are the same of uh, Groudon, Xerneas, Salamence, Incineroar, Shedinja, yeah. and Tapu Koko. I really wish that would go away. I know. I don't like <laughs> I don't seeing like that. It. <laughs> I mean, like, I, as an Eveltal user, like, it doesn't scare me as much as it scares, like, probably some other users of certain <laughs> archetypes. But, like, I, I mean, like, I'd be fine without Shedinja existing. Right. Um, all right, and then we do have our last two events here for the week were the larger events, um, those being DC Open and the Melbourne Open. Um, and I know the Melbourne Open had a lot of Groudon Xerneas. Uh, which there was are six kind of in-, in top eight. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of interesting considering that it like wasn't really around at Worlds at all. So I wonder right. if this, it just made up like such a large po- portion of you know, the player base that it just had to show up. I don't, I don't, I don't know. A lot of them uh, are, like, recognizable teams that have been around for a yeah. while, too. Like, yeah. Alfredo Chang Gonzalez won with the Parish version, so we had Gengar Xerneas, or Groudon Xerneas, Gengar Landorus, and Sonora Fini, which we've seen a bunch this year. Uh, Chris that's his Kane. first Masters event, too, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Didn't good he win him. Senior Worlds last year? Is that who that... Or I he think won, so. He, he won an IC. Or something. He's, he was, he was really a very good, good senior. senior, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then, and then Chris Can came in second with Groudon Xerneas, Salamence, Incineroar, uh, Tapafini, Mimikyu, which I want to say was his Worlds team. I yeah, know he had he the Mimikyu. He was on stream, wasn't he, at some point? Yeah, he definitely had Mimikyu at Worlds, and I think this is what he ran with it. Yeah, it looks familiar. Right. Um, and then Chosen Future at third with Groudon, Xerneas, uh, Kangtorn, Incineroar, and Smeargle. So, again, pretty similar to a lot of the stuff that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Zelda with Groudon, Xerneas, uh, Salamence, Incineroar, Tapu Koko, and Shedinja. So, there you go. We've talked about that, like, <laughs> going on ten times already right. this episode. Um, now we've got the, the fifth James place Beck team is fifth. the James yeah. Beck team, and then the sixth place team, Mogar. kind of like the, <laughs> the most noteworthy one, is Mogar, who will forever be using uh, Coco Chu. Yep. and it is alongside uh, Ray Ogre, uh, Scissor, Mega Scissor, and Incineroar. I'm pretty sure he's used that at some point. That looks, the yeah, the Scissor seems familiar. I've, yeah, the Scissor. I've seen him have that. Um, at seventh, seventh is, is Melvin B. Cutting everything. Who will Why are you surprised again, at this cut point? events? He will never again not cut. <laughs> and using what else but the same six with the Fini, Shedinja, uh, Gradon, Xerneas, Mens, and Sinor. Right. Yep. There are like two certain things in life, and neither of them are Death and Taxes. It's that Melvin will use that team, and he will cut with it. Yep. I wish Death and Taxes weren't certain. Though. I know, right? What a world. Anyway, uh, the final team uh, is an eighth place team. It looks like a Japanese player was there, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Uh, which is Groudon, Xerneas, Kangtorn, Incineroar, and Amoongus. So really, this is just kind of like a tour of what Ray, uh, Groudon, Xerneas has yeah. looked like <laughs> at various points during the Ultra Metagame. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like um, so there you have it. A lot of that showed up at this event, and it's kind of 
an interesting trend because I don't think I would have expected that at all. Like a lot of the teams that did well at Worlds do really well against these kinds of compositions. So, right. Um, it's kind of surprising to see it show up all over the place. Yeah, I agree. And uh, our last event of the week was the DC Open, um, which is you know the biggest event that's happened in post worlds and will likely be the biggest event. Uh, At least until sort of Shield, yeah. But yeah, probably until what is what is it? LAIC is the first big event in Sword and Shield. I don't know. Maybe the, some of the re- I would Dallas bet DC will, Open will be bigger than LAIC. Dallas will probably be big. Yeah, usually Dallas is. will probably push it. Yeah, I would think Dallas would push it. Um, but anyway, we have top 16 teams here. Um, I think it was a top 16 cut, which is like unheard of in <laughs> VGC regionals. Yeah, it is. Point, but uh, hopefully that will change as we go to Ultra. But anyway, the first place team piloted by Jeremy Odena was Ray Ogre, uh, Incineroar, Tapufini, Bronzong, and Togedemaru. Yeah, I mean, just another Ray Ogre team. I, I like the Fini. Uh, Fini Ogre isn't usually seen just because they do kind of clash a little bit, but the Togedemaru helps to... Uh, relieve alleve alleviate there's the word found it you found it you yeah alleviate it. the coco uh, matchup there which right. you know rayogre and feeny all have pretty poor coco matchups so token is a pretty good inclusion there i'd say right and i think i was talking to jeremy and we actually like talked about his team and his alt on the ladder like two i think in the pre-worlds episode mm-hmm. maybe it was a uh, two episodes before that but anyway this exact six was on the ladder at some point and he was like hey thanks for the shout out and i was uh. like we didn't shout <laughs> you out and he was like yeah you oh did. you did <laughs> yeah that's yeah. funny uh the number two team is actually another local who is this is kind of his like first big result which is kind of cool to see and um a team that is different than a lot of the other things that we've seen mm-hmm. uh being eveltal kyogre with uh gengar tapulele Ferrothorn and Togedemaru. That's interesting. Gengar Lele, I think, makes a lot of sense because you can kind of trap things that might not want to be facing Lele. A mm-hmm. lot of Lele's issues have to do with its terrain being reset or just things being able to switch in on it. But if you force positive matchups for it, it's actually a really strong Pokemon. So I respect Gengar Lele a lot. All right, and I think uh, Gengar Togedemaru kind of like forces. Um, like you can trap Tapu Koko, mm-hmm. um, so you can like prevent Volt Switch and get it on the field with Gengar, Gengar Togedemaru, because otherwise that's like a Pokemon that will just you know like destroy Kyogre. Yeah, at all. I guess Koko is like messes with Lele too. Koko is super worthless against Gengar Togedemaru. <laughs> like right, so if you can nothing. get it, yeah. yeah. So it, it takes a little bit of like fancy footwork probably, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the number three team as we go through top four here uh, was. Uh, Rayquaza, Xerneas with Incineroar, uh, Tapu Koko, Suicune, and Amoongus. So this is pretty standard. It looks like almost exactly like the fourth place team, right. uh, which was the same six uh, except for Tapu Fini. And uh, Jake, uh, just one personal anecdote here. Uh, the the guy that w- uh, was in third place there um, was actually my only win <laughs> at the Boston <laughs> Open. I beat him in round one, or at the DC Open. God, I same did it again. thing. I beat him in round one and then proceeded to get hexed out my next three rounds. <laughs> and then he didn't lose again until top four. That's funny. Yeah, uh, I mean, so it made me feel a little bit better about myself after <laughs> having kind of a tough day at the office. Right. Um, this weekend makes sense, I think. Like, it gives you tailwind instead of just icy wind. Uh, yeah, I think it, allows, a... it d- makes it so you don't have to double down on fairies. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like, stuff like Gengar can give that sort of stuff a lot of trouble but if mm-hmm. you have like snarl suicune you cover it a little bit better than tapu yeah. would so um 
I played really well in that set, too. <laughs> okay, we get it. <laughs> uh, the fifth place team at the DC Open uh, was Rayquaza Kyogre. Uh, with Incineroar, Tapu Koko, Nihiligo, and Celesteela. So a lot of the same customers there, maybe in a different order, though. Yeah, I mean, again, I think at this point, it's hard to go wrong with, like, Ray Ogre, Coco, Incin, and then two right. of six or seven months in those last right. two slots. Just pick this... your Xerneas matchup months. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. These are two Xerneas matchup months, which Ray Ogre sometimes needs. So right. I think it works. It makes sense. Uh, the sixth place team, probably the yeah. most, definitely the most noteworthy team, yeah. well, I mean, most unique team of, of <laughs> top eight from a Japanese player that did feature non-primal Groudon uh, with yeah. a choice band. Yeah, Lunala. it's choice band Groudon, yeah. Lunala, Lunala, Gengar, Gengar. Uh, oh, and then God. Tapu Lele, uh -huh. Feromosa, uh -huh. and Whimsicott. <laughs> <laughs> Gengar Whimsicott is terrifying enough. You throw a Feromosa on there. And then you learn that the Groudon isn't even primal, and then you're just <laughs> confused. I, I just don't. I do not enjoy playing against this kind of team because I do not yeah, enjoy playing against wild. like balls to the wall hyper offense. I always get overwhelmed, and it's terrifying. <laughs> it's funny because we were talking about this the other day, Jake, and like his primal Groudon matchup is non-primal <laughs> Groudon. Yeah, <laughs> like well, ah, it's not your weak to primal. Isn't super effective. Jokes <laughs> right. on you. <laughs> Uh, the seventh place team uh, is the like quote unquote standard Groudon Xerneas with uh, Salamence, Incineroar, uh, Tapu Lele, and Amoongus. And I say quote unquote because I feel like the standard version is Tapu Koko and. Uh, I know. Uh, There's like and two different forks point, of the standard so. version at this point, and this is one of them. Um, oh, God. It was more Hazen, though. I believe this is their first regional cut, so. Oh, good, good for, for her. her. I didn't know yeah. that. Um, the eighth place team is. Uh, a cool team, I think. I like with, it, yeah. Uh, Kyogre, Xerneas, Metagross, Incineroar, uh, Tornadus, and Amoongus. I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, and no, then, I agree. Uh, it's like a different take on Xerneas. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. To, yeah. I, I, that was another one that I saw when I was looking through this. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. Mm -hmm. uh, Instead try that of running through like the rest of the top 16 teams. You want to just do some highlights? Yeah, so like, well, top there are eight. a lot of highlights. Well, yeah, top <laughs> eight, other than the one non-Primal Groudon team with Feramosa Whimsicott, pretty normal like there's not Very a lot normal. of crazy stuff there yeah but if you look at 9 through 16 it just looks like someone threw some dice and picked some random pokemon to like pull off the yeah. cerebi page or something because there's so many random things here like ninth right. place is like it's zernala lucario Lele, and cinderar which makes sense and then high dragon's the last pokemon if you go down to 11 there's a terracot if you go to 12 there's a mega altaria and there's even, like, there's another Abombi team at 15th. There's a Houndoom at 16. So there's a lot of, like, wild <laughs> stuff that made it its way into cut at <laughs> DC and lost in the first round. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, it's, there you go, I guess. I don't, like, right. I don't even really know what to say. It's just, like, some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's entirely possible, and, you know, I'd have to go back and look at exactly who was a world's competitor. But, uh, you know, a lot of these, some of these players, at the very least, were, like, people that didn't make it through to day two and are right. playing, you know, DC Open and are like, you know, what the hell? I'll, I'll yeah, why not? I've got sitting, <laughs> sitting in my battle box and, you know, guess what? It's a Hound Doom that I want to PC with or something like that. Right, so and, like, honestly, know. I can't rag on them too much because when I played in Anaheim... You're just, like, playing with house money. Oh, yeah, you used... Well, yeah, I use, like, no, in Anaheim, I use, like, Dragonite, Snorlax, Murkrow, and some other zerkatry so <laughs> same same kind of idea yeah like here. it was some like... weird stuff but i got top four with it so like 
take something you're gonna have fun yeah playing exactly with that, was my, that was my that was my entire point happens. i think that's a good point like some of these people certainly played in day one and didn't but make it through and then just decided to have a good time at the dc open i just like i just like hate that I went one three in the tournament, <laughs> and Houndoom made cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> and like I got hacked out really bad. Listen, before we go on, oh and God. I hate being these people. Like, I'm not a person <laughs> that complains about hacks, but good. But what God, are you about to did do? Did I get hacked out of the open? <laughs> God, did I get hacked out? Oh my goodness. Okay, Glad anyway, uh, I'm over it. I just really <laughs> okay. So there I was. It was round two. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so that's it for the uh, events that we have um, uh, data on so far. And, of course, we'll continue to bring those to you every week. We'd like to make it, you know, at least for the most part, a pretty core facets of our episode. And mm -hmm. I mentioned it earlier, but this is, like, the first time we've actually been able to, like, really, yeah. you know, do the kind of rundown of results. Um, so that's fun. Uh, you can look forward to that a little bit more. Um, as we have more events and we're not going to go through every small event but you better believe that if somebody is running like you know Flitchinder at a, <laughs> at a, a Lada MPC that I'm going to talk about it <laughs> it's, this is what we live for here we can like talk about all these standard teams that we want and then like I don't know Baneri pops up and we're like oh my god Baneri yeah. is oh, in top Baneri, Baneri. we have to talk about that <laughs> there's CP for Baneri right <laughs> Anyway, that's it for us. So we are going to take a little bit of a break, and then we will come back in just a few seconds, your time, a little bit longer, our time, uh, with Blake Hopper as we discuss um, post-worlds meta as our topic, uh, not necessarily just as it pertains to this year, though. So I, I feel like we'll have some pretty good uh, yeah. discussion with him. I'm excited about it. Me too. All right. So don't go anywhere. Please listen to our interlude music and then look forward to our interview with Blake Hopper. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the second half of episode six of Soundproof. Rest assured, we were playing Pokemon Masters during the break. My name is Brendan Lewis. His name is Jake Muller, and we are now joined by Blake Hopper for the second portion of our podcast. Blake, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. For those of you who don't know, lucky, uh, but wow. I will. I will fill you in on you know some of the things we know Blake for. Uh, he is the winner of the 2015 Houston Regionals, which does, uh, which did, rather, fall after the World Championships that year, which is why we brought him on, as we mentioned before. But he's also made top 16 at the World Championships three times in a row, from 2014 to 2016, including making it through the LCQ in that 2014 year, the last year we had the LCQ. Additionally, I believe he won the 2013 Nugget Bridge Invitational, is that right? That is correct, yes. Yeah, so an, an online queen as well. So we're very happy to have him. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to to discuss everything that you guys have planned. <laughs> awesome. So what we do have planned, and I like to you know kind of continue to tout what we do with our guests here, is uh, we always try to bring our guests on for something that they can kind of personally relate to as far as content here. And of course, as we've been talking about, we are kind of into our new and strange and exciting post-Worlds meta here in the 2019 Ultra Series format. But Blake, going all the way back uh, into the earlier year, well, maybe not the earlier years of your career, but some previous years, 
uh, did have a lot of success in a certain post-Worlds meta. So we could talk a little bit about that team specifically. I, I honestly, like I thought I had it written down, but I don't have the, was it Houston <laughs> in 2015? Oh, it's right here. Yes, am I correct in that? It was Houston, yeah. The, yeah. The oh, original. yeah. Sorry, it yeah. was Houston. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was a pretty basic Kangaskhan team. If if you see a Kangaskhan, it's probably correct. <laughs> so that was um, kind of like that was like sort of that uh, that was immediately after Chalk had basically taken seven out of eight spots at the World Championship, correct? Right. Yeah, that was right after we saw like the the domination of of Japan and Chalk at Worlds, and everyone was like losing their minds basically it's like wow we are definitely playing this game incorrectly and everyone had to basically completely rethink how they were going to go into the regionals after we had seen that complete uh demonstration of like basically excellence at worlds that year um i think it'd be a disservice to call it anything else um so we definitely saw a lot of kangaskhans that year um after worlds mm-hmm. uh, i believe at houston it was Kangaskhan was like four or five of the megas in cut, which uh, actually was a little bit lower than I had anticipated going into the event, just because of how uh, it, like ridiculously strong Kangaskhan was at Worlds. Um, we definitely saw a little bit of creativity coming out um, outside of Kangaskhan uh, at Houston. Right. So in in your specific scenario you took Kangaskhan but also put like a little bit of a spin on some of the stuff uh, that was kind of going on at the time because we saw at Worlds it was a lot of basic chalk but if memory serves you were also using like the Volcarona variant of the team and ended up having a Scarf Rotom on there so was that kind of like in response to the Worlds meta or was that something that you kind of felt was strong you know independently or what factored into some of the decisions to to take that sort of team call in the in a post meta or a post worlds meta game it was a little bit of both um in response to worlds and um a little bit of also um like sort of to counter and to be inspired from from worlds um i did notice that post worlds a lot of people like before houston houston wasn't the very first post worlds tournament and I noticed mm-hmm. that a lot of post-Worlds tournaments in 2015, we saw a lot of offensive water types. Um, like, I believe Hibiki top forward a regional with some Mega Swampert rain team. Right. We were seeing... That's kind of when Azumarill started taking oh, off. Oh, was that when yeah. that was? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was about to say, there was so much Azumarill. Um, I believe Fort Wayne actually was the tournament where Caitlin Beach and Keegan Beljanski both got... I believe top four and top eight with just basically chalk with an Azumarill over th- uh, Cresselia. Yeah, it was it was Caitlin and it was Keegan's brother both got top four, mm-hmm. and then I think John McMillan also cut all with the same like Kang Azu team. So right, certainly like that was definitely a, like a weird trend that picked up after Worlds. I think a lot of people just kind of like took chalk and they were like, hey, Azumarill's a decent fifth, let's throw it on there, and then kind of adapted the team from there sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I I think that a lot of the offensive water types we saw as a response to what happened at Worlds because chalk itself, um, it does have a lot of tools to sort of counteract basically anything that gets thrown at it, but waters 
are really easy are really good at uh, exploiting chalk being in a disadvantaged state because they have mm-hmm. the heatran and they have the landorus which are both obviously weak to water mm-hmm. um so also in addition to like the swampert uh side of things and the azumarill side of things they both are able to do really significant damage to everything that's not named Amoongus on chalk um so i kind of wanted to take from that in the form of rotom um but use that to support volcarona because the the rotom itself was sort of weak itself to kangaskhan and weak to uh, cresselia where volcarona could sort of set up in front of them and dish out some damage in response that makes sense. I I didn't really consider them as a pair, but I I really like that because, you know, like obviously Volcaronic and Bugbuzz crest for a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Kang like does a lot to it, but a lot of times Kang is really scared of touching Volcaronic as a flame body. So exactly. Yeah, no, I th- I think that makes a lot of sense. I really hadn't considered that before. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, you also ran Scarf Rotom at Worlds that year, right? Yes, I did. Um, yeah. Worlds was a bit unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I I did get top sixteen, but it was my team was basically, um, and also I I have to preface this with I'm sorry to Toller who basically helped me. Like we used the exact same team, um, and we were so close to creating chalk. Um, uh-huh. Like we had we had the Kang, we had the Landorus, we had the Heatran, we had the Cress, but then we had Rotom Charizard mm-hmm. instead of um, Thunderous and Amoongus. Yeah, and had we had those two, it would have been a much better team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I did use the scarf rotom there, and it was really fun. And it was one of those things where it was like so much fun that I just kind of I, I had to use it again, right. especially because I thought it was pretty solid in the meta again. Mm-hmm. So in the context of post worlds in that in that year specifically, and and I guess even in any post worlds meta, what makes you think more about like? Uh, like building your own team as opposed to just like copy pasting chalk and taking that into post worlds events. Yeah, well, I think that it's well. First of all, I always think it's best to build your own team, um, just because you can sort of tailor it to what's being used and what's good at the time. Especially for worlds, I think a lot of people, when it, since it's the end of the format, a lot of people are sort of burnt out, of, especially of like this entire format they're like okay well i have one more regional but like do i really want to build a team i'll just take the winning team like lunadon whatever slap it into the into the battle box we're good um and so i think it's really important to look at what did well at worlds and you can like sort of take some inspiration from it like there were some really good texts this year specifically in 2019 Mm -hmm. that came to light through worlds and through the top eight that are still we're probably going to see so many of them at future regionals until the end of the uh, ultra series but i think it's important to sort of take the text and use those to counter what did well at worlds mm-hmm. um, that way you just have a better chance to counter the people who are sort of i don't know uh, taking the easy route and taking a team yeah i guess that makes sense i, I like in a, in a sense you kind of said it right off the bat that it comes down to like generally uh like a like a personal belief that you should always have your own team as opposed to taking 
um, a team right off the bat, but I, I guess mm -hmm. it also, it, as you said, it makes sense to also take ideas, but not necessarily just an entire pace. And those ideas we've talked a lot about on this podcast, especially some of like the Rayquaza texts that showed up in Top Cut, which were absolutely nuts, that we'll definitely see um, going into the post-Worlds meta here. Um, yeah. So as far as prepping like for a tournament pre-Worlds and post-Worlds, obviously they're like two totally different caliber tournaments to show up to like worlds as opposed to you know a local regional but how does your prep from like uh being in worlds mode as opposed to like regionals mode change yeah i think it's very different um similar in some aspects but overall pretty different going into worlds obviously you want to be able to throw your opponent off left and right you want to be able to have the medical you want to be able to like be, have such a have a team that's so good against the meta that it, some matchups seem almost unwinnable for your opponent while minimizing your own bad matchups of course i'm explaining like a god team that almost doesn't exist but <laughs> still you want you want as many good matchups as possible and if you don't have a good matchup you want to be able to surprise people um so i think there's a lot of creativity that goes into building a world's team whereas for regionals um I think it's important to realize, especially post-Worlds, that a lot of people are going to be taking a lot of the diverse teams from Worlds, and if they're not taking a team post-Worlds, if they're just kind of, uh, you know, not really caring about the regional, they might just be using some team that they've been wanting to use all year, but it just hasn't panned out. Right, we so saw that in a DC Open. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you're going to see like a lot more diversity, I think, at at uh, post worlds regionals most of the time, mm -hmm. just because you have people who are taking the world's teams, people who are taking against the world's teams, people who are just doing whatever the hell they want. Um, so I think for regionals, you just kind of want that solid team that maybe might not necessarily even be that flashy like some world's teams were. Mm -hmm. Like you might you might not have an Umbreon. That's okay, <laughs> but as long as you're getting the getting the Ws, like that's what really matters in the end. Yeah, I also think like going into regionals pre and post worlds, uh, like after worlds, you generally don't have any regionals between something like nationals and worlds, at least here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, if you're going to a regional after worlds, that means there have been two like very large international level tournaments and specifically worlds where a lot of people are going to be taking teams from like you just said Blake mm -hmm. but if you're like if you're going to a regional before worlds all you really have is you know the past couple of regionals maybe like another a different uh, international championship uh, that happened a month or two ago but I, I think really good examples were like in 2016 and 2015 if you're going to post-Worlds regionals in 2015, you better have a chalk matchup. And oh, if you're yeah. going to a post-Worlds regional in 2016, you better have a wolf team matchup. Mm -hmm. And it's things like that that you have to consider that may not have been such a big deal before Worlds, but now there's a couple different variables that you have to cover, which means that maybe you can sacrifice some other things to cover those a little bit better, but it kind of adds a little bit more into the mix of like team building and what you have to cover and what you can try to ignore a little bit. Right, so yeah. I wonder in, this sen in that sense whether or not like the like the going into worlds or the worlds meta is more or less stable than the post worlds meta. Hmm. Uh, say that again. I apologize. Like with Jake is kind of describing how like basically uh, like some of the teams that show up at worlds inform a mm -hmm. lot of your team decisions and whether or not that like stabilizes the post worlds meta or adds more instability to it. Because like the, the way that Jake described it was like you sacrifice matchups 
in some places to try and like over prepare for chalk but does that you know like stabilize or destabilize the meta uh yeah i i really think it honestly just depends on the year yeah like, yeah i agree i agree yeah like in like in 2015 um i actually think that the meta post worlds was really really stable in 2015 mm-hmm. um just because there was just that one team that everyone's like oh man like this is good we have to be able to beat this mm-hmm. and there were there were probably like three to five teams that sort of sprouted from that um but in terms of something like 2019 man honestly good luck to the people going to regionals (laughs) i think i think these regionals are going to be wild yeah there are there were so many ideas that came out of worlds this year and it's funny because i would have expected the same thing and then there were like six out of eight xerneas groudon and top cut of the melbourne open so yeah (laughs) like who knows what's going on right now (laughs) i think it's a good point though i think that the events at worlds that year have a big influence on what happens meta wise like some years i think we talked about this on the last episode brenda but like some years the meta gets blown wide open like we had the wolf team in 2016 Mm -hmm. that just kind of cracked what everyone had been using Mm -hmm. but like people tried to copy it and some people had some success with it post worlds but i also think that people started to realize like maybe a month or two after worlds in 2016 that okay this was a really good team for that tournament Mm -hmm. and obviously it performed well at worlds but maybe either I'm not the best pilot for it or it was more of a tournament call as opposed to like a general meta call because I really don't think I, I don't think a copy of his team had much success. Obviously there were similar Rayogre teams that well, you know, he teched a, a well, Klefki onto his own yeah. he teched the Klefki onto his own team. <laughs> so keys. clearly it wasn't uh, as well equipped for the post worlds meta as it right. was for the worlds <laughs> meta. <laughs> I think that's the I totally only, forgot about that. The literal <laughs> the literal only VGC success of Klefki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just kinda goes to show like I, I do agree that post Worlds twenty fifteen felt really I'm not gonna say easy to play and build in, but it definitely you you knew what you were gonna get. Right. There wasn't really a whole lot of wild stuff just because Chalk was very good and a lot of the kind of wilder things just immediately folded to Chalk, so they they weren't really something you could confidently bring to a tournament. So you knew that you had to have these like stable teams with you know like well meshed compositions that would be able to perform against chalk and the similar teams of its caliber and so i I really liked post worlds 15 just because there wasn't really a whole lot of craziness and there was a lot of you know there weren't really a whole lot of auto loss matchups one way or the other either and so all the games i played post worlds 15 really felt interactive and I, i really enjoyed it yeah for sure and i i do think that is mostly because 2015 was just generally a pretty um, centralized meta, mm-hmm. especially towards the end of it, obviously, with Chalk. But I think something like, whenever you go to these regionals, looking towards Worlds, again, like I said earlier about looking for techs, uh, is pretty key. Like in 2014, we saw Seijun obviously winning with Gothitelle, Megagyarados, Pachirisu. But mm. the Gothitelle, we, we sort of realized after Worlds how potent... Um, shadow tag with Gothitelle was right, and then left and right we saw Aaron starting this trend of Gothitelle plus Mawile mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 2014 regionals were dominated by that combo and then towards the end of it in Houston we saw I, I think the the finals was Colin with uh, I think Colin had uh, Gothitelle, Mawile, Rain 
and yeah. he just beat Aaron in top four with the exact like almost the exact same team. And then Cedric Cedric actually had like a pretty um, interesting team to counter that. So right. like the the post worlds format had already sort of evolved uh, into the Gothitelle Mawile reign um, format almost. Um, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, and that was just sort of because like that that uh, Gothitelle tech that was at Worlds that people sort of woke it up to. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is kind of like a larger discussion as far as like how you prepare for a metagame. But how like soon after Worlds do you have to start preparing one step further? So instead of like uh, building a team to counter what did well at Worlds, do you build a team to counter to the counter to what did well at Worlds? It's <laughs> pretty pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, it's a really complicated process. These are the things that keep me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I think it's all it all starts on Pokemon Showdown, honestly. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you just plug in whatever you think looked cool at Worlds. Like maybe you thought Ferium Tapu Fini was really cool, um, and maybe that starts dominating all the regionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's the thing to counter, or maybe um, Rayogre with bulky Sword Dance Rayquaza becomes the thing. Um, it's just a matter of putting it into Showdown, testing it, see what does well on ladder. Um, maybe try and look at what's like top 10 top 20 top whatever uh whatever teams are up there and sort of try and counter to be uh productive or uh oh i can't even think of the word uh, proactive <laughs> against those teams right right proactive yeah that's a good point there's really not much like immediately following worlds like this weekend this past weekend rather it was the first set of tournaments we had and I'm not sure if you've seen those results, Blake, but they're really kind of like uninteresting. Like oh, a yeah, lot of the not. teams that performed well, like there was a there's an open in Melbourne, I'm like Melbourne regionals, and Brendan hinted at it, but six of the top eight were Xerneas Groudon, and oh, they wow. were they were like all teams that we've seen before for the most part. They were okay. all different, but they were all like, oh yeah, I've seen something like that. Like some of them were just Worlds teams. Um, some of them were like the NAIC like Parish Zerndon teams, and so hmm. like. It was all one archetype, but it was all kind of different, but also like nothing really new. So it's I'm a little bit surprised we haven't seen like people branching out just yet. But that could just be like a world's burnout type thing where people didn't really want to put a whole lot of time into this tournament because worlds was so recent and maybe right. just falling back on some other stuff. Yeah. Oh, if you don't mind me asking, what when did this tournament take place? I'm not familiar with it. It was last this weekend. weekend. Yeah. This oh, weekend. okay. It was in yeah. Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, I think that's kind of tough because that is like two weeks right after Worlds. So right, yeah, it's yeah, very pe- very soon after. Yeah, people may have people may have thought that was the call. Like, who knows? Um, but if it's if it's that dominant, then maybe maybe it's a good call going forward. Uh, it's it's those sort of tournaments that you just kind of have to keep an eye out for. Yeah, right? I I thought yeah. that the most interesting thing about it. Um, and Jake and I talked about this a little bit earlier, is that a lot of the teams that did well at Worlds do like really well against those Xerneas Groudon teams that did well at the Melbourne Open. So even mm-hmm. if somebody like had been inclined to just copy-paste their like a Worlds team, like the Pokey <laughs> Alex team does really well against like the Coco Xerneas Groudon stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Like, you could have done super well in a tournament field that ended up with six Xerne- uh, Xerneas Groudon in top cut. 
So it sure. is kind of all over the place. I guess that's kind of where it comes back to like, what level of preparation do you want to do for what showed up at Worlds? And in this case, it was no level of preparation for <laughs> what showed up at Worlds. <laughs> it's also, it's very early in the season too. Some people haven't really like outlined their season goals or plans yet. That's so, true, yeah. Like if you, if you don't know for a fact that you're going to be like grinding out the entire season and traveling to a bunch of tournaments, maybe you just wanted to take it easy, see how it goes. That's kind of what I did in 2017. Like, I played the Anaheim Open for fun, then went to Fort Wayne, and my mindset there was like, well, I'll just use something I enjoy again and see what happens. And then that's how I kind of played the rest of my season from there. And so, I mean, I, I guess that could have been another symptom of just kind of how quickly the tournament happened right after the World Championships. Right, and I think that's exactly why we saw Mega Altaria in top 16 oh of the <laughs> DC Open. I think that that exact mindset. So it, it's interesting. Like the, 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 I guess... To summarize, the the, the post worlds metagame draws its wildness from a lot of different sources that can come down yeah. to something as simple as player fatigue. Yeah, <laughs> it's a defining metagame factor: player fatigue. Uh, so, Blake, in the context only of uh, 2019 worlds, what are you or post worlds the metagame right now? The ultra series. I didn't say that well at all, but what what are you <laughs> like expecting to see in the post worlds metagame in 2019? Well, you know, as I meant, as I believe I mentioned, the the 2019 Worlds Championships, especially the top cut, had a good amount of variety. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of interesting teams to take from this. Um, I I did notice that there was a good amount of Kyogre. I believe it was five out of eight of cut. Um, I personally hope to see more of the the Spain Rain team. Spain Rain, I love that. Yeah, I well, I love the team. I will it's never so call it anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like that team. Uh, I know that a lot of people were sleeping on Cartana throughout the year, or at mm. least through Ultra. Obviously, not through Sun and Moon. Oh man, right. But through Ultra, Cartana was relatively slept on. But it, it's kind of a, a cute little Tecmon. Um, they have a really strong five outside of Cartana, though. Um, I really like the Nihiligo Rayogre synergy. We so, love Nylego on this podcast. We do. You're in a, you're in a good I, spot. <laughs> I, I feel so welcomed. Because <laughs> I, I absolutely love that trio and that team I hope we see more of. Or at least some, mm -hmm. sort, of, um, some sort of building upon that. I personally... I've, I keep saying I love Zernogre, but I really do. And I <laughs> like we did see it top eight twice and scoot into top four once with James Beck. And it, it's it's something that like popped up at the open too. It got top eight at the open, uh, and it's it's something that I still think has a lot of room to grow. Like there's really only been like one one and a half different Zernoker teams because the James and Steven Mia teams are like one mon different. Functionally, like they're kind of functionally the same. Yeah. Um, but like I do think it has room to grow, and the I think it's a very interesting archetype because it kind of takes classic Zern Don, but plays it a little bit differently and like flip some matchups for better or for worse like there are some matchups that are way better with ogre and some that are just worse and so oh, yeah. it's, it's a very different way it plays mm -hmm. but i personally I, that's something i would look into using as i've said for probably the 400th time on this podcast yeah now. we've talked about it quite a bit <laughs> yeah i think like every week at some point yeah i actually think zern ogre for worlds was really interesting because we sort of saw an interesting shift starting at madison where a lot, uh, like with the Paul Chua team, mm -hmm. where a lot of uh, Zerndon teams included a special Groudon. And yeah. 
I believe that part of why Zern Dawn is so good is because you have that Dawn for the Zern matchup. And yeah. if it's special, it, it sort of uh, doesn't really fulfill that role as well. So I think Kyogre sort of is a really good replacement because you end up beating a lot more things because of it. it namely, uh, like Groudon. Considering that like Groudon is a pretty good answer to Xerneas, if you have your Ogre instead of a Groudon next to Xerneas, that kind of eliminates, not eliminates, but I like to think that makes a Groudon matchup way easier because instead of playing a Mirror, you're playing what you know is conditionally like a very, very good matchup. Obviously, it requires the rain being up and not the sun, but mm-hmm. like... It scares it's just, them almost. Which yeah, is nice. exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. the threat of it being in back is really helpful. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I like that adaptation a lot. Especially yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, it and it's 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 interesting that it's uh, its development as an archetype like almost mirrors twenty sixteen a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I guess you could argue that it's been around a little bit more just because Beck had like one of the best seasons of all time and was kind of like dragging it, kicking and screaming through Ultra Series, <laughs> um, but you know outside of james because i I feel like that's not necessarily a normal case for uh the development of an archetype it just kind of like showed up for the first time at worlds just like it did in 2016 and mm-hmm. you know it seems likely to do pretty well in the post worlds metagame maybe it won't be as centralizing but uh because it was it was centralizing immediately after worlds in 2016 it was in like two oh, of yeah. top four at philadelphia and like this that and the other thing all over the place um Historical parallels are always fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think and, I'm like super interested and I'm especially because Japan was like on the forefront of it at Worlds, but like the Necrozma Duskman stuff, whether it be Ultra or not, feels like stuff that could go all over the place. Like if it's Ultra, it has a really nice matchup against the Rayogre stuff. Um, if you keep it as a Necrozma Duskman, it does really well against stuff like X-Ray. So Mm-hmm. Those that's like a, a super interesting Pokemon to me that doesn't seem like it's been developing anywhere else in the world except Japan. So if that shows up, I'd be really excited to see that too. Except oh, Japan yeah. and Jamie Boyd's apartment. And, and Jamie Boyd's apartment. <laughs> uh, no, that's like that. We can't call Jamie Boyd's apartment a metagame trend, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, whatever. Jamie, I tried. <laughs> like I haven't really. I don't get Duskmane. Like. Obviously, oh, okay. I'm not fine. saying it's I'll, bad. I'll I just like it's I don't fine. personally. <laughs> no, like <laughs> it's great. Obviously, it did well at Worlds, but I I don't personally like understand how to play it, like at all. <laughs> it's just a, it's a very confusing Pokemon to me because I feel like in my head, if I'm using the Steel version, I would like want to run Sun Steel Strike to have a Zern matchup, but then like you can't run the standard like Ultra Necrozma set because that wants to be special with Earth Power and Photon Geyser and like you drop Protect, it, Jake. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Okay. You solved it. We're good. Thank you. That was it. That's all you needed. You were three, <laughs> three attacks in Trick Room. No protect. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like yeah. It's it's a very interesting Pokemon because I feel like it can do a lot, but like it can't do everything at the same time. Right. And it yeah. can, or like it could try to spread itself out, but then you just kind of spread it way too thin, and it doesn't really do anything well. So, it's like it's confusing to me. It's it's not like something that I fundamentally understand, mm-hmm. but I can see why it might be getting like usage and success. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that I, I was really happy to see that Necrozma Duskmane was doing well because mm-hmm. it's actually something that I tried to use earlier in the format. Obviously, I did not use it correctly. <laughs> I did not get second place at Worlds. Because um, you didn't have an Umbreon next to it. I also didn't go to any events. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do think Duskmane uh, Necrozma is very niche in the fact that it's really good. If you don't Ultra Burst, it's really good with a support move like Trick Room. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like earlier in the format, I was trying it with Calm Mind because oh. I could set up on Xerneas. Mm-hmm. Right. Like <laughs> to an extent, obviously, because <laughs> it's still a Xerneas. Whenever I it, yeah. whenever I burst, I get bodied. But it's nice with Trick Room because you have overall better resistances. Right. Um, although I was a little confused with uh, Hirofumi's team because he only really had the Groudon to support with Trick Room. Um, other than that, uh, his and team Umbreon. was relatively fast. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was the Umbreon. Trick Room Sweeper. Trick Room Sweeper, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Helping hand Umbreon, let's go. Um, so it was it was still really cool to see him utilize that, that Dustmane. Um for Tricker mostly, and I saw him going for it quite a lot too. So that was that was really good to see. Yeah, he's he was he's a super good player. I was like, for sure. He was, I was trying to like call moves and stuff sitting in the stands, and he was just like three steps ahead of me. It's unbelievable. Sometimes <laughs> you just watch somebody play and think about how bad you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like at 2015 Worlds. It was like, okay, maybe he goes for this, and he did something completely opposite, and like basically won the game off. And I'm like. Oh, <laughs> well, that <Okay>. happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, these Japanese players uh, come out every once in a while and just kind of remind us, like, hey, this is how yeah, you're supposed Yeah, every, to play. every couple <laughs> seasons, they just, like, sort of take over. I think this was... It's the odd-numbered ones, years, yeah. I'm telling you. Is that what it is? It's like uh, yeah. the San Francisco Giants, odd-numbered oh, yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> 15, 17, and 19, huh? Sports, yeah. uh, wow. sports reference. There's something to that. So next yeah. year, they're going to disappear again, but 2021. Look out. Wins. Look out, 2021, <laughs> second year of Sword Shield. <laughs> For the so, Diamond and Pearl remakes, hopefully. Oh, oh. please. <laughs> I think every time somebody says that, they delay the release. <laughs> yeah. I, I take it back. I that's great, Blake. You just pushed it back three so more years. The Deleted in post. <laughs> oh, the, the, the next Half-Life, that's the other one. I, I think it's the same <laughs> way. No, Valve just can't count to three. That's the meme there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's a new... We're stuck on Portal 2. It's like Half-Life, too. Team Fortress, and Portal all stuck mm-hmm. at two. Oh, Pull I didn't realize it. it. Yeah, that's right. Didn't even think of that. All right, so that's where we stand in the post-Worlds meta. Blake's gut reaction was Spain Rain, so look out for that. Ray Ogre, uh, definitely an ever-evolving meta type, especially if Ragav gets back into that, uh, <laughs> rejoins the Ray Ogre Discord after departing for Solgaleo for a couple tournaments. So cool archetype. Uh, They'll allow him back. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be re-added. Um, but anyway... Uh, that's going to wrap up the serious segment of the second portion of our podcast here. So Blake, as we like to do when we have guests on, we've got kind of some fun stuff to do. We've got uh, a game, um, some extra questions uh, to ask towards the end. So this is going to be fun. We'll take a couple minutes to do some cool stuff. So uh, we've been trying to add to kind of like a list of rotating games that we can sort of bring into episodes here. And we'd like to try a new one here today, which is classic a classic game I'm sure everybody's played before. It's called 20 Questions. Um, okay. But, of course, we are going to narrow it down from, you know, the true 20 questions. is like you can literally pick anything in the world. <laughs> and we'll try and at least keep it somewhat topical. All right, so I'll eliminate your first question by, yes, it is Pokemon-related, but it can be, uh, you know, a Pokemon, um, you know, a player, and... Uh, I'll try and keep it oh, like too, not too far out of left field. I won't do you know like old venues or uh, <laughs> okay, tournament. You, Monona tournament, Terrace Convention Center. Tournament <laughs> organizers. <laughs> okay. The answer right, cool. is not Pokemon Online. <laughs> <laughs> 
And just to be clear, I don't know what he's. Uh, oh no! Yes, this is. This so we're is playing this together, please. This is picked. Uh, oh, okay. Are we gonna like take turns or? Sure. Yeah. Sure. You okay. can take turns. Okay, Jake. Jake, since you're the host, you go. And first. I'll try and uh, I'll try and uh, count correctly here. <laughs> okay. Is it a person? It is not a person. Okay. Is it a Pokemon? It is a Pokemon. Ooh. It. Is it a Pokemon that has been historically good in a VGC format? No. Mm. Does it have a Mega Evolution? Oh. No. That's a good question. Uh, is it a fully evolved Pokemon? No. Oh, man. <laughs> Can it evolve? Yes. Is it the favorite Pokemon of someone in this call? No. Ugh. As far as I know. <laughs> um, That's seven hmm. questions, by the way. Okay. Okay. Is it a first stage? Yes. Okay. Was it released before Gen 4? So like in 1, 2, or 3? No. Oh. Hmm. Was it was it released uh, in Gen six or seven? No. Oh. Okay. So four. Or five. How many That's questions? Ten is questions. That? That's okay. ten. You're 10. halfway. Well, is we it in Gen four? It is. Yes. Okay. All right. Remind me again. Is it is it stage one? It is. Right. It is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. Does that count hmm. as a question? <laughs> no, no, we already asked that. Don't count that. <laughs> um, okay, does it include one of the base elemental types, so like fire, water, electric, grass? No. Okay. Oh. Oh gosh, was it like a? Was it involved in like one of the main plot points of the story in Gen Four? Not as far as I can remember. Okay. <laughs> hmm. And these are getting tough now. How many is that? That's 13. 13. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first stage. Um is it a fossil? No. Oh, good question. Oh. Um Wow. What, how do we? How can we even like differentiate Pokemon at this point without getting like super that's, specific? That's the tough part of the game, I, Jake. I know. I I'm like asking Blake. For, not you. I feel like we gotta go for like types or something, but yeah, but it's too it's broad. Like, right. Um. Is it? No. No. Gosh, this is tough. Okay. Is is it obtainable before the Elite Four? I think so. I don't see why it Ugh. wouldn't be. Okay. <laughs> huh. Oh, I have a better question. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I already asked. I'll save it for the next one. Um. Okay. Is it? Oh man. Is it a? Is it a bug? No. Is its final evolution a Pokemon that's generally been good in VGC? No. God. I feel like I feel like we asked that. 
I asked oh, if no. it itself was. The itself, yeah. yeah. Oh. And so it's not like it's not bronze ore. I was thinking like that for a second. I don't know, man. There's a lot of bad Gen 4 Pokemon. Oh, wait. I might know it. <laughs> you might? I might know it. Um, hmm. No, wait. I don't know it. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I, really, I really thought you knew it. <laughs> no, like I thought I did too, but then I thought I was thinking Snover, but then Blake asked if it was grass. And, yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. That's... Oh, I feel like... I feel like it, there, there's only a few things it could be. Right. Like, I feel like it could either be a normal type or a flying type. Yeah, so so like, like Starly, maybe. Yeah, like Starly, Combi, Driftbloom, or like one of the normal types, like Baneri, or uh, what's it? Like Bidoof or something. True. Um, okay, is it a flying type? No. You hate to see it. <laughs> really uh, do. So maybe it is like Badoof, or uh, what was oh. the other one you said? Veneri. Veneri, yeah. Or we oh, mentioned. There's how many questions little... is that? That's eighteen. <laughs> there's also the cat. The cat. Perugly, the base form of Perugly. Oh yeah, is it a normal type? No. Ah! <laughs> oh god. Okay, Jake. What do we think it could be here? Oh no. There's um, a lot of options. You I have know. one question left. Oh, God. Okay. So I, I don't know if it typically works like this, but I'll allow one more question and then a guess. Yeah, I think oh, we both get a guess okay. at the very end, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. sure. We'll do that. Yeah. Let's do that. So, so you get one more question first. Oh, boy. Do we think maybe it's like one of the babies? Oh. Well, what babies were introduced in Gen 4? Uh... Like Riolu, Mine Junior. Oh, true. I think Mine Junior. Oh, it could be that, yeah. Happiny, Bonsly. Yeah. I That's not happening because it's not that's, that's a normal type. Oh, true. Also, uh, Chingling. Yeah. Ah, uh, it can't be Mantine. God. That's flying, I believe. Unless it's yeah, pure it water. Is. No, okay. Mantike is flying. Okay. Should ask if it's a baby. That could be our last question. Yeah, is it a baby? Yes. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. Bless. So, so you've, you've got it down to oh, a gosh. handful to choose yeah. from. And <laughs> like you both get a six. guess, so you can at least <laughs> narrow it down a little bit. I I don't want to... I don't think it's Mime Jr. because that's in our logo, and I don't think he would go that obvious. You did ask if it was a favorite. Well, it's not my favorite, but... <laughs> oh, okay, wow, I just assume. It has soundproof. That's why it's in our logo, Blake. Oh, that's cute. I love that. Right? So does Snoover. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm going to guess Bonsly. You're correct. Yay, <laughs> we did it! I, told you, I thought you guys were so way off you. on questions 18 and 19, and then you brought it around to the babies in the 11th <laughs> hour. Ugh, yeah. Well done. It's last minute. I, I always yeah, have good. felt like Bonsly is a very forgettable Pokemon, so that's like my that's like my trivia question Pokemon all the time <laughs> is I go it to really Bonsly. It really is. Uh -huh. It sadly is. Yep. It was, okay. it, Brock had one in the anime, I think. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's about it. I remember it most from Smash because you can throw it and it does a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, Blake, we have reached our very last question for you. Okay. And this is a very important one, so I need you to listen closely. I'm listening. I'm going to max. give you I'm gonna give you four hypothetical events and okay. you need to rank them in order of likelihood. Oh, okay. Ready? Okay. 
So, number one, you admit that Sunny D is a good team. Four. <laughs> We're done. Okay. Okay, number two. <laughs> number two, you swear off listening to pop music. Oh, that's also four. I know, right? These are this all going to be four. This is just kind of mean, Jake. <laughs> I know. That's. I mean, you you know what I did to Justin on like Targeted episode two. Targeted bullying. <laughs> uh, so, number three is you admit that I'm better than you at VGC 2015. Oh. <sighs> And number four is you release Bop to the Top episode two. Okay. <laughs> you are evil, first of all. <laughs> this is true. I, for Second one, all, hate I... Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm being, okay, I'm being hardcore called out here. Okay, let's see. And number one, most likely, Bop to the Top episode two. Still oh never going to happen. Oh my god, it's coming back. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. The official announcement. <laughs> We I'm just trapped you. That tomorrow. was the goal there. Just suck you in. <laughs> We're going to put um, this sound bite all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to be my advertising. Be <laughs> um, second most likely, honestly, would probably be admitting that Sunny, Day's a, Sunny D is a good team. He just Third, said that Sunny D is a good team. I'm going. I'm going to take that soundbite and just clip out you saying somebody needs a good team. By the way, this is going to be full of soundbites. <laughs> uh, third would probably be swearing off pop music. Oh, how dare and you! So you know it's last. I do. Admitting that you're better than me <laughs> in 2015. This is like we like fight about this all the time. Like in our in our World Cup <laughs> server, we keep going back and forth. Like, oh, and I'm playing 15, and you're playing whatever else. This is how it's going to happen. Or there's only there's only one slot. I know. It's so funny, you know. though, because like, you had my number for the first like six or seven months of that year, and then oh, yeah. I finally started beating you at the marathon, and I got you like two or three times there. Oh, the marathon was so fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. But I yeah. like I think we're pretty even, because like, now when we play like 2015 sets, like when we want to play like old formats, we go pretty even most of the time. Yeah, we're relatively even. Yeah, I, It's so I, fun. I love playing 2015. Oh, yeah. I think there was one night where I ended up positive against you because I crit you or something i was like okay, I don't know. cool. <laughs> we'll when you were it. here in february i'm pretty sure we like split 15 and 16 we did two of each <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was fun uh i do not miss 2016 oh no no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and well now oh, blake okay. i believe it is your turn to ask us a question okay i thought long and hard on this y'all oh did you oh my gosh she's prepared i'm so excited <laughs> <sighs> it's a, it, it don't don't worry it's not that crazy of a question what is your favorite kind of cereal Oh. I'm not asking the hard-hitting questions. I know. Mine's Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries. We always oh, used okay. to, whenever we went on, like, family vacations that we had, where we had stayed in, like, a condo or something with a kitchen, we would always mm-hmm. get that and eat it for breakfast. So it's, Ooh. like, it tastes good, and it's also, like, a fun memory. So that's mine. Oh, very nice. I always get bullied when I get asked this question and answer it truthfully. <laughs> I really think Special K is, like, delicious. And I know it's, like, <laughs> it's like marketed as the, like, lose 10 pounds in, in eight weeks. And, like, honestly, <laughs> it's just such a delicious cereal. I, I mean, like, whatever really floats your boat, you know? Daily okay. dose I, of fiber and a good cereal. Exactly. I absolutely love Special K red berries, okay? Yes, I'm, it's I'm so, right I, there with you. It's, it's <laughs> up there. I like the plain one better, but red berries is also really good. Yeah. I, I, I respect it. Uh, and in case you all were curious, mine is by far Honey Bunches of Oats. With good apples. one. Yeah, up there Fair. for my, me good as well. Yep. So honey Bunches good. of Oats. Just like regular Honey Bunches of Oats, or do you like one specifically? Um, you know, I'll have them all. Have them all. <laughs> I don't care. I, do they all come with almonds? I actually don't know. No, I think only there's like specific almond one. 
That's okay, the one I like I'd... the almond ones the most, for oh, sure. I, I like the almond ones the least. Can't do almonds. <sighs> it's okay. Well, I, I think there's a chocolate one, too. That one's kind of weird. Oh, there that probably sounds... is. I, yeah, I don't know how that would work. Kind of they just put one. chocolate in it. <laughs> Screw it. You can't, you can't just put chocolate into everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, world. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Willy Wonka would not approve of that statement. <laughs> He's yeah. turning over in his grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we have reached the final segment of the podcast, and that is, of course, our music segment. Uh, yeah. If you couldn't pick up on it by the fact that I called Blake out on listening to pop music, he is indeed possibly even more of a music whore than I am. And so uh, oh, yeah. I was very happy to have Blake on, just for this segment especially, because now we get to nerd, about, nerd out about music. And I think before any of us say our personal music recommendations for the week i think we all just want to take a minute to obsess over lover yeah i, I know gonna, that all three I of was, us love it <laughs> i was gonna make this mine this week and then Jake no was no like, no 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 we're just gonna talk yeah. about it anyway <laughs> <laughs> death by a thousand cuts is a bop and you will not convince me otherwise that might be my favorite from the album uh, it's pretty it's, good it's cruel summer for me by far also a good one maybe not by mm. far but i think that's the best song on the album mine is still lover Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's good. a classic. It's it's there for me as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably her best album in 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 a while, in my Sin- opinion. Super since good. 1989, I think. I think it's even better I, than 1989. I think it competes for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's pretty good. My okay. other music recommendation. I've been listening to a lot of Lizzo lately, and I know she's not really a new craze, but. Sometimes I go back to people I listened to a while ago, and Lizzo is this week's obsession, so I've been playing her on repeat, mostly because one of my friends at school and I have been talking about her a lot, and so we just keep saying, oh, Lizzo, let's and so uh, whenever I'm, like, bored and I need, like, a bit of energy to, like, get some work done, I'll put Lizzo on and start bopping around in my chair while I read a paper or something. <laughs> let's go. I always listen to it when it comes on the radio. It's well, yeah. yeah. You didn't pick it, though, so you're not a true fan. Uh, you don't know. You went first. You don't know that that's not what I was going to pick. Oh, okay, Brendan, is yours Lizzo too? <laughs> it's not Lizzo. Um, I figured I would go in a more poppy direction in honor of Blake this week. Um, <laughs> so there's this, I don't like. I don't know how well known these this duo is, but uh, you've probably heard of them. It's Loot. Have you heard of Loot? L-O-O-T-E? Oh, I, I don't, oh, I don't okay. think I have. So they're like a pop duo that's like pretty well known, and they do a lot of like official remixes of Top 40 songs and stuff oh. like that. Um, but it's it's like poppy and catchy, and uh, my favorite song by them is from an EP called Single, which is kind of cool, and, and it's called, called Wish, I, Wish I Never Met You. So huh. I like I like them a lot. Definitely that recommend them. I'll listen to that later. I've never heard of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I always love getting like hearing an artist recommended, and I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Because then I listen to them, and it's like, oh, I really like this person. You're like on the forefront. (laughs) Oh yeah, this is great. Um, well, my recommendation, uh, which I think a lot of people have been catching on to her lately, but it's Lizzo. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a guess. It is also Lizzo. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of the English, uh, like Americans, don't really know about her, but she was just on the VMAs. It's Rosalia. Oh, not I my guess. Absolutely love her. Huh. Yeah, like she only speaks in only sings in Spanish, but you don't have to understand Spanish to like her music. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is very poppy. Like all of her newer stuff is just like bop after bop after bop. Nice. So good. Could not recommend more. Cool. Yeah. Definitely check that out. 
and sure. also can brush up on Spanish. That's never a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I am fluent after all. See, <laughs> when you said that to me earlier, I was like, "Are you really like I, like I? I didn't doubt it. I was just surprised at first." <laughs> In the first half, like I, I forget the context entirely, but I like said like very matter of fact, like, "Oh yeah, I'm fluent in Spanish." And Brendan goes, "Oh really?" And I just say, "No." Yeah, my my, my initial reaction was like, "Oh wow, Jake, that's really cool." It wasn't like you're lying. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Amitam bien. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's going to wrap up the second half of our segment here today. Oh. Uh, a big, big thank you for having Blake on Yay. to discuss post-worlds metas. And uh, we got to talk about a lot more than just post-worlds meta, but it was a lot of interesting stuff as far as like team building. So keep that in mind as you go forward, go forth into, as I've said a bunch of times, this cruel and unforgiving post-worlds <laughs> world. Um, it, this it could be summer. crazy, or it could be very stable with, uh, you know, Chaka Zoomeral. So uh, keep your wits about you. Make sure you get your team building in <laughs> um, and prepare for those upcoming regionals. And get yourselves onto the snowball. Now's the time. Oh, gosh. If you Don't want those me. travel stipends, you got to do it now. Go. It go, begins. Go, <laughs> go cut a regional. <laughs> Blake, is there any final words you'd like to say anywhere we can find you online? Uh, yes. Follow me on Twitter. That's the only social media I use at Bopper VGC. Um, my my title on there is Sock and Bopper. That's who know it's me. That's such a good name. That's a mm-hmm. very it's good so great, name. right? Yeah. The rebrand of the century. Thank you again then, for coming yeah. on, Blake. We really appreciate your wisdom in these trying times. It's very yeah, difficult to survive you. in this. Can you just tell point. us real quick uh, what your YouTube channel is so we can watch for <laughs> the top? It it should still be Bopper VGC, I believe. All right, Bopper VGC, Bopper I, the top episode. Subscribe, two. everyone. I have an Overwatch video on there too. So oh, is that the that Wrecking Ball one? Yeah, it only has yes. like thirty views. Please help me out. <laughs> All right, so we're going to cut to the briefest of breaks. Thanks again to Blake. We'll be back in just a sec to wrap up episode six of Soundproof. Adios. And welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode six uh, of soundproof, um, assuming you listen to the whole thing, if you just you know tuned into the end, no thanks to you. Just like please go back and listen to the whole. Episode. Yeah, for some reason you opened this podcast and skipped to the last two minutes. My Why? favorite part what of soundproof doing? is the end. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's been a joy. Like we've gotten to number six, and like it's still something I really enjoy doing, and hopefully you Definitely. too, Brendan. But yeah, no signs of slowing down from us anytime soon, unless there's some catastrophe that Britain seemed to be hinting at earlier but I don't know I'll, I'll watch my back Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, we've got some cool ideas we've been kicking them around hopefully we're going to be continuing to bring you stuff that's kind of like new and content that might not have been done before um, that's kind of our goal is to make this unique and interesting to listen to um, yeah but you know we, we don't want it to be a, these tend to be pretty long, right? So the least we could do is right. give you guys like some good stuff to listen to. Uh, if you have a two-hour commute, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> if you have to split it up, you know that's fine too. But uh, we're gonna keep them coming yeah. um, in two weeks. So we'll continue to cover all of the results that come out from the post-worlds metagame, 
and uh, hopefully we've done a, a, an okay job of preparing you for going forth into your post-worlds metagame as you seek your placement of top snowballs, start to get, uh, you know, those top four PC CP in your back pocket and, and you know, just pile them up as we go forward <laughs> um, as we continue to get ready for Sword and Shield. But this is a fun metagame, so, you know, yeah. don't look past it. It's no, like how they say, you know, you don't want to grow up too fast. And enjoy, enjoy it while you're young. <laughs> No, yeah, we were we were talking this afternoon, and there are some ideas that we came up with that I think are really cool, and I'm really excited to see like how we can make them flush out. And so, if you've stuck with us through all six episodes, thanks a lot for keeping along with us. If you're just joining us now, thanks for joining. Welcome. We hope you stick around. Everyone that has favorited or retweeted or said they liked it, or even just listened to a minute or two of the podcast on any platform, uh, we're very thankful for you because, I mean, that's kind of why we're doing it, right? Like, we wouldn't just do this if we wanted to talk to ourselves for a couple hours every couple weeks but yeah then we could just get in a discord and, and not record at all <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right so that's going to do it for episode six here uh stay tuned for episode seven in two weeks when we talk about among other pokemon squirtle <laughs> which is a fun one uh but until that time we will see you next time squirtle squad is coming guys see you later squirtle squad squirtle <laughs>